Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the internet. This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live down the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's show, we will discuss the question, What is the difference between meditation and prayer? We will be studying what the Bible teaches. Our guest speaker is based in Indiana, in the United States of America. More about our guest after we have had some music.
Is the difference between meditation and prayer? We will discuss this subject tonight with Sister Wendy Skeet. Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes. Let's now call Sister Wendy and see if she is available. Hello, good evening. Hello. Sister Wendy, you are live on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. How are you this evening, Sister Wendy? I am well by God's grace, Brother John. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Praise the Lord. Yes, glad that you're keeping well. Well, Sister Wendy, tonight we will be discussing these questions together. What does the Bible mean when it talks about meditation? Do we need any special type of skill to learn how to do this? How does the Bible define what a prayer is? Why are prayers given different names in the scriptures? And how important is meditation and prayer for the Christian? And so, Sister Wendy, before we start our discussion this evening, can we open with a word of prayer, please? Certainly. We're praying. Our Father, which art in heaven, in Jesus' name, we come before your throne of grace, thanking and praising you for letting us see the light of another day and of another year. Father, we come now seeking a blessing through your Holy Spirit for us and the listeners. We look, as we look into your word, we pray that you will teach us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Sister Wendy, what does the Bible mean when it talks about meditation? That's a great question, Brother John, but before we look at what the Bible says, 
I would like the listeners to be aware that there is a counterfeit that is actually in direct contrast to what the Bible teaches. The new, the new Age movement teaches that to meditate means to clear or empty the mind, not to think on anything in particular, but to concentrate on your breath or your breathing. And if your mind wanders, in other words, if it is thinking on something, to bring it back to focusing on your breath. And this is what they call mindfulness. But the Bible teaches that meditation means to purposely think without talking on important or spiritual things. Now, the first time meditation is mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis 2463, when Abraham's son Isaac was waiting to hear news concerning his future wife. The Bible says, and Isaac went out to meditate in the field at eventide, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, behold, the camels were coming. So, the Strong's Concordance defines the Hebrew word for meditation here as to muse, M-U-S-E, pensively, to muse pensively. And the dictionary tells us that the word muse means to think in silence. And this is what... Isaac was doing. He was meditating, thinking on something, but in silence. Um, Another way we can know that meditation, as and by Scripture, cannot mean to empty your mind is because the Bible outlines for us specific, important spiritual things we should think about when meditating. And some of those subjects are this, the book of the law, the law of the Lord, the Word of God, on God Himself we should meditate, and all of God's works and His doings. So, let's look at a few scriptures on those topics. Joshua was instructed to meditate on the book of the law. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Why? That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So here we clearly see that meditation is filling the mind with the law of God, helping us to know it and therefore to be obedient to it. And what I love is that there's a huge benefit from it. There's There's a benefit from meditating on the book of the law, and that is our way will be made prosperous, and we will have good success. That's what the Bible says. Um, We see it again in Psalms 1-2. It mentions that um, we are to meditate on the law of the Lord day and night, but we're going to move on to meditating on God's Word. So, in Psalms 119-148, It says, mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. So, as we meditate on the scripture, it should actually lead us to meditate on the God of scripture, heard himself. And this is what David did. He meditated on God. So, that's another principle which is found in the Bible. Psalms 63, verse 5 and 6 says, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. 
when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. And that's a beautiful text to me. When we meditate on God, he says here, it brings satisfaction and joy. And I know that there are times because of where we're, the times in which we're living, I often get bombarded with text, emails, and videos of all of the things that are going wrong in the world. And it can get very overwhelming. So, I decided that I needed to turn my focus to Jesus, our great high priest, and flood my mind with what he is like, what he is doing in the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary, and what his plans are for his people. And I have found that when I meditate on these things, it gives me comfort, it gives me peace, and it gives me joy, and it turns my mind away from the negative to the positive. So that's another blessing and a benefit. The Bible also says that um, we should meditate on all of God's works and His doings. Yes, amen. Things that He does in our life, which sometimes we just take for granted. Psalm seventy-seven, twelve says, I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. And um, one Bible example of someone meditating on God's works and doings is after the angel appeared to the Virgin Mary. Yes, and things that she was told. And then after she had had Jesus, the shepherds came. They had seen an angel and they came and said certain things to her. And in Luke 2.19, it says that, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So this is what we must do day by day also. We need to ponder or meditate on things that come to us or that the Lord is showing us. And the reason we should do this is because sometimes God waits until we are meditating on or pondering His providential workings to speak to us. Yes, right. And also, I believe that these are times when He has more of our attention. Right. And um, there's a very familiar passage that illustrates this in Matthew 1, 18 through 20. Okay. And this is what it says. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as Mary excuse me, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But it goes on to say, but while he thought on these things, while he meditated or pondered on these things, Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take Mary, to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So here we see that time spent in reflection led to specific instruction from God through a dream. So, Brother John, these are some of the things the Bible means when it talks about meditation. Yes. And so, listeners, as Sister Wendy has clearly shared with us from the Bible, that when the Bible talks about meditation, 
It means that a person is thinking about God's word, his works, and his ways. The focus is purely upon the Lord. Okay, listeners, and she's clearly made the distinction between the counterfeit meditation, which is where a person's mind is emptied, but the true meditation that God is calling us to is that where we focus upon him and upon his word. Yes. And so... Sister Wendy, now, do we need any special type of skill to learn how to do this? No special skill is required to ponder and reflect on spiritual things, I don't think. But however, what I do believe is necessary is the character trait of patience and a quiet place. And the Bible alludes to reducing distractions. We just read in Genesis twenty four sixty three that Isaac went out into the field yes. to meditate. Jesus' example was to go into the mountains yes. and eliminate as far as possible all distractions around him. After Jesus had been ministering all day with people and training his disciples, Matthew fourteen twenty three says, yes. and when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Yes. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. So the ideal setting is to get away from your common surroundings and into nature, if at all possible. Yes. And for some, it's not possible. But your phone should be turned off or left someplace where you, you're not going to hear it ringing and dinging and distracting you. Yes. Um, your mind should not be emptied, but quieted from distractions by removing them. Yes. And I have found, for me, the best times for me to meditate and pray are early in the morning, before the sun comes up. Yes. And at that time, my mind is not focused on all the other things I need to do for the day. It's quiet inside the house, and it's quiet outside And frankly, it's too early to make noise in the house, disturbing the sleep of others. Um, Another wonderful time for me is when I'm in my garden, out in nature amongst the plants, trees, and birds. And I love being outside. Yes. Um, And then I pray at night and try to meditate once I'm in bed. So, Brother John, for our listeners... Try to find the right place where there are no distractions and the right time of day or night where you don't have to feel rushed, where you can take your time and ponder the Word of God and just wait to hear from Him. Yes. Amen. And Sister Wendy, you've mentioned this text earlier. I'd like to share this Bible text again. That's in Psalm chapter 63, verse 6 where it reads, When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. And I found from this Bible text that heaven's way of communicating with man is simple. We can be lying in our beds and still be able to remember and think upon the Lord. We do not need to work ourselves up to a level of so-called consciousness to be able to think about God or to have him in our minds. We receive thoughts about God through his word, the scriptures, and thinking upon them day and night, and as you have shared with nature. And yes, I'm glad that you've 
brought out these points to the listeners because this all helps us to understand how the God of heaven wants to communicate with us through simple means. And I'm glad that you have brought out the point, sorry, that we need to find the time to be in a quiet place, especially for many who are listening to this radio show who are living in the city. Sister Wendy has brought out different ways that we can find that time. It's not impossible. So the simple answer is you don't need any special type of skill to learn how to meditate upon the Lord, listeners. That's right. Now then, how does the Bible define what a prayer is, Sister Wendy? Okay. The Bible defines prayer as talking to God. Yes. But talking to God as a friend that you love and adore. And this is the relationship Moses had with God. Yes. In Exodus 33:11, we read, "And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend." So we we need to consider God our yes. friend as he considers us his Amen. friend Amen. and speak to him as, as you and I are speaking right now, yes. friend to friend. Jesus gave us both a template and a parable to help us define prayer, which is found in Luke chapter 11, verse 1 through 8. Yes. And we'll just read these verses in increments. In verse 1 we read, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. The Strong's Concordance defines the Greek word for prayer here as supplicate worship. Yes. And to supplicate means to ask or to beg. So, in plain English, you could call prayer conversational worship, right? or you could call it asking and receiving and answer worship. So, um, the, this is one principle that we find in Luke 11, the first verse, right. and it goes on. In, in the next few verses, Jesus described a pattern of what prayer should look like. And it is sometimes called the Lord's Prayer. And um, notice, as I read the text in just a moment, that Jesus taught that conversational worship should be with reverence. Amen. Asking about God's needs, which we don't often think about, then moving on to your fitness to fulfill His needs. So, going on reading verse 2 through 4, it says, And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Yes. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Very familiar prayer. But notice how the prayer template Jesus gave us starts with our focus on God. Yes. It, it read, Our Father, hallowed be thy name, 
thy kingdom, thy will. So all prayers should address the burden of God's heart right. and express our willingness or our consecration to do his will. Yes. Then prayer should move to requesting our personal needs to advance God's name, kingdom, and will. So Jesus said that we should pray, give us bread, forgive yes. us, right. lead us, deliver us. And um, in Luke 11, Jesus follows this wonderful prayer template with a parable about two friends talking. And I would like to read that. It's Luke 11, 5 through 8. Right. And it reads, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me. And I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and right. give him as many as he needeth. So notice in this parable how Jesus depicted prayer as us making requests to God, our heavenly friend. Yes. And during prayer and meditation time, God speaks to us and answers those requests. A true friend, which Jesus is, yes. Jesus is a true friend. He is inclined to give us the desires of our hearts and answer our prayer requests and there's a beautiful text in Psalms 21, verse 2. Yes. It says, Thou hast given him his heart's desire and has not withholden the request of his lips. So, again, Brother John, our prayer should address the burden of God's heart and express our willingness to do his will yes. and fulfill his kingdom purposes. And ideally, they should be followed by a few minutes of quiet reflection. Amen to that. Yes, amen to that. And, um, and Sister Wendy, I'm glad that you brought out the underlying principle here through the word that our burden should be to do the will of God, you see? Yes. And I love how you've brought out before us how it should be a conversation between us and our best friend. Yes. You see, and I would also like to um, share to, again, to give added weight to the presentation this evening, Psalm 66, verses 18 to 20, because it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But the psalmist says, yes. But verily God have heard me, he have attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which have not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Because as we know through the biblical record, David was a man after the Lord's heart. His heart was sincere, you see. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so listeners, so the point that the scriptures is bringing out is that we need to come to God with a true heart and with a desire to do his will. These are yes. the prayers that are acceptable in his sight. So, yes. 
Now then, um, why are prayers given different names in the scriptures, Sister Wendy? Okay, well, praying, or what we can call conversational worship, is given different names as the subject of the prayer discussion with God changes. Yes, yeah, right. So, for example, um, requests to God are called supplications. Yes. And Philippians 4, 6 reads, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request Amen. be made known unto God. And sometimes when I have an urgent need, I might pray a prayer of supplication. Yes. And that's all I'm praying is, Lord, I, I have this need and I'm requesting you to, to help me right now. Yes. So sometimes it's just a prayer of supplication. Um, also, prayers to God about your deficiencies and sins are called confession. Yes. And in Daniel 9, 4, um, the first part of that scripture says, And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made confession. Yes. So here Daniel's prayer was a prayer of confession. And um, when I say or do something wrong, and it is immediately brought to my attention by the Holy Spirit, you know, sometimes you don't need anybody to say anything to you. Yes. But the Holy Spirit does. I don't wait until my evening prayer and include it at that time, I try to confess it right then yes. so I don't forget. And so that would be a prayer of confession, along with thanking Him for His forgiveness. And when you pray for other people, that prayer is called intercession. Amen, yes. And that's what our great high priest is doing for us yes. right now. In 1 Timothy 2.1, it says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Amen. Yes. And when you, when you thank and honor God for your blessings, the Bible calls that particular prayer, prayer praise. Yes. And I love this verse, Psalms 151. It says, praise ye the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in the firmament of His power, Amen. praise Him for His mighty acts, praise Him according to His excellent greatness, and it just gets you excited. So, yes. the Bible teaches that you can, you can add melody or music to giving thanks. Yes. In, in other words, you can sing praises. Um, singing spiritual songs in a reverent spirit is actually a form of prayer. Yes. It tremendously strengthens our soul and others. And I recently had a dear sister visiting me for several days, and I noticed she was humming a particular song yes. almost all day long. I wasn't familiar with it, but I just loved the tune. And during our worship, she shared it with me. and She shared it, the, the, the song with me and the words, um, and they were just beautiful. It was just beautiful. Um, and she told me that this part particular song keeps her uplifted when the clouds of life roll in around her. Yes. So, she blessed me with what the Bible says we should do in Colossians 3.16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching Amen. and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace 
in your hearts to the yes. Lord. And a lot of the Psalms in the Bible were sung. And so that is something that we should do. So, Brother John, the listeners should strive to incorporate all four of these types of prayers yes. in every prayer session. Yes. Praise, praise God for He's worthy. Confess our sins to Him. Make yes. request of Him, supplication, and we should intercede for others. Amen. And um, the Lord will bless our, our prayer life even more. Amen. Amen. Well, Sister Wendy, I need not add anything more to what's been said. Simple and clear and beautifully put together for us. Well, how important, Sister Wendy, as we round up this evening, is meditation and prayer for the Christian? I believe meditation and prayer is very important because we have to pause our busyness in order to hear God's voice more distinctly. And that's something that's very difficult for us to do, is is to pause in our day once we get going. But the Bible says in Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. Amen. So we have to still ourselves during the day and let God speak to us. You know, in over 70 places in the book of Psalms, after making a very important point, we find the interesting word salah, which in the original Hebrew means pause. And a couple examples are found in Psalms 3 verse 4, which says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, salah. So we need to ponder that the Lord actually hears us. Psalms 4.4 says, Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Salah. Without pausing for our day, during our day for meditation, it's very difficult for us to discern our greatest spiritual needs. And we must make time and create a quiet opportunity for God to speak to us. We need this more than ever with the times in which we're living. We must also pray fervently for the personal needs meditation reveals as God brings things to our mind or as things come up. We, we need to pray for those things, and, and that's what meditation does, yes. that the Holy Spirit will bring things to our mind and those things we need to pray for. The average Christian is lacking many important things simply because they don't persistently ask for them in prayer. Yes. And, and I'd have to include myself in that, too. Right. The Bible says in James 4, 2, we have not because we ask not. And we read earlier how God is willing to give us the desires of our hearts and answer our requests, so we should be asking. The other important reason these habits are important is that supplication and the prayer of praise brings God's presence. Yes. Psalms 22.3 says, But thou art holy, 
O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Amen. And what's so beautiful is that the Bible clearly teaches that prayer and praise open doors and cause chains to drop off. Yes. And in the familiar story, this is the experience of Paul and Silas Silas, while they were in prison. Um, Acts 16, verse 25 and 26 says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly... There was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and Amen. everyone's bands were loosed. Amen. I don't even think they expected that to happen. Right. So, Brother John, biblical meditation and prayer are very important. Yes. Both affect change in your life and, and circumstances, and it can bless other people all around you, our family, our friends, our neighbors, strangers. As we see here, all the prisoners were benefited by the prayers and praise Amen. of Paul Amen. and Silas. So may the Lord help us to, to pray and to praise him even more for the benefit of other people. Yes. You know, Sister Wendy, I'm so happy that you've brought this last point out. Because, to be frank, many people only focus upon their issues. Oh, you know, this has happened. Oh, you know, this happened with my family, with my husband, with my wife, you know, or things that have happened throughout childhood. Yes, these things have happened. But then, as you've shared with us, we must learn to pray and to praise the Lord because we're alive and as you so wonderfully said this evening, that's how our chains fall off. You see? Yes. And this is the spirit that needs to be encouraged amongst us. And, and I'm glad you brought out the point that when we live that way, it has an effect upon everyone else. And so, listeners, yes. I've just drawn on that point before we have a break. Let's stop complaining. Let's stop having darkness in our minds about our issues, about the things that are going on in the world. The Lord has sent Sister Wendy through this radio station tonight to teach us through his word that the deliverance come through prayer and praise. Because with God, all things are possible. So let us ponder on these thoughts as we have a break for some music and we'll come back and have some closing thoughts. They don't know 
I drop my sword and cry for just a while For deep inside this armor The warrior is a child Unafraid because his armor is the best But even soldiers need a quiet place to rest People say that I'm amazing Never face retreat But they don't see the enemy I drop my sword and cry for just a while For deep inside this armor The warrior is a child They don't know that I go running home when I fall down Drop my sword and look up for a smile For deep inside this armor Deep inside this armor Yes, deep inside this armor Is the difference between meditation and prayer? Sister Wendy, closing thoughts for this evening, please. Okay. The scriptures teach that to be spiritually strong, we must create quiet time, free from distraction, to pray and ponder God's word and his works in our life. This is what our Savior did. In Mark 135, we read, and in the morning, Rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed to a solitary place and there prayed. Jesus taught that we must rise at midnight and receive from our heavenly friend spiritual loaves to give to those in need. Meditation and reflection are the roots of effective prayer. So instead of emptying our mind, 
concentrating and meditating on God, His Word, His law, and His works in our life will give insight and direction to our prayer petitions. You know, we, we lack ammunition, so to speak, in the battle because of our slackness here. And again, the Bible says in James 4, 2, we have not because we ask not. So when we run into difficulties and hardships, when we find ourselves chained and in prison, we must learn to pray and sing praises to God so that He can send a great earthquake and open all the prison doors for us and others. Amen. Thank you, Sister Wendy. Shall we now have a word of prayer to end the discussion this evening? Certainly. We're praying. Oh, Lord, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we praise and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your willingness to teach us how to meditate on you and your word. It says in Isaiah 26, 3, that thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So help us, Lord, to keep our mind stayed on you, meditating on your goodness. We confess that we don't spend the time in prayer that we should. So help us to do better, especially this year, Lord, help us. And we pray that you will teach us how to pray and what things to pray for. We pray that, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, that you will help us to pray without ceasing. And Lord, as we pray, we ask that you will help us to um, consider the burden of your heart and, and help us, Lord, to have a willingness to fulfill your will as we go forward. So, Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for this internet radio station, for Brother John and his ministry. And we thank you for all that heaven is doing to teach us and to help us. So bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sister Wendy, thank you for being a guest on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org. Or you can send a text message to 07944062786. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address, and we will send you a free tract called The Importance of Prayer. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio, Go to the ebook section, then find the title Bible Readings for the Home. At chapters 139 and 140, you will find the subjects The Importance of Prayer and the Meditation and Prayer. These chapters will give you more information about today's topic. You can also listen to and download our radio show podcasts at https colon forward slash forward slash voice dash i n for november dash t h e dash wilderness dot podcast page dot i o forward slash on next week's show we will discuss the question what does it mean to have religious liberty well that's it for tonight's show until next week good night and god bless Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio.
enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful biblically-based messages live down the This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.